Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. If this dude had ever had to change a diaper in his life, I feel like this would have gone a lot differently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Larry doesn't change seeing, diapers. I'm just not seeing his mugshot. <laughs> oh, you've never seen that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm oh, sure I've, I've seen never it before. seen it for what? But I think what it is is when you scroll down the wiki page, you get past all the divorces, and then bam, the very first image is mugshot when he was already on divorce. One, two, three, four. Yep. Close to number five. Yep. What was he arrested for, my grand, grand larceny by a former business partner. Nice. Ooh. Again, why are you doing this much? <clears throat> so, uh, well, actually, Spencer, this is when he got fired from WIOD. So perhaps these things were, perhaps mm. these were connected. Perhaps this is what led to the <laughs> infamous night at the track. <laughs> Orlando, you're on the air. This, this man's entire life just makes me so fucking tired. Oh, my God. Why would you do any of this? He had a heart attack in 1987. <laughs> that just tells you that heart attacks aren't real. <laughs> he had a heart attack in 1987, and I'm pretty sure he had like five wives after that. Slow yeah. the fuck down, dude. He, he's had two entire marriages since Why? Then. <laughs> Why would he slow down now? So also, two of these fun. marriages only lasted one year. So the... um the My year the, with Larry. The mugshot... I had to go to the the accusers website, the accusers Wikipedia page to figure out what it was about. <clears throat> this dude was like big in the world of finance and like one of the first corporate raiders. And apparently, Larry King tricked this man 
into giving oh, yes. into giving him $48,000 to influence President Richard Nixon's incoming attorney general into reviewing <laughs> a past conviction this dude had. Like, he told this extremely wealthy man, <clears throat> give me $4,800 and I will get Nixon's AG to pardon you? Is there some kind you? of tax thing where it was like below 5000 and he didn't have to report it or something? I, no, no, because that's 10000 So it would have like... No, I'm wondering a... if it was different then. Oh, the reporting requirement? Because like 48 is weirdly specific. That 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 just feels like Larry King being like fifty is too greedy. Forty eight okay. five. That's oh, what I'm. No, let me tell you. I'm a man of the people. Let me tell you about Larry King and greed under the legacy entry. Okay, <laughs> which is this: that on two occasions Larry King has told Conan O'Brien that he wishes to be cryonically preserved upon death. Yep. What is like Conan is responsible for this? He actually, <laughs> or is this when he was on Conan's show, or was he like assigning Conan? To he this? actually had a dinner with friends to tell them that he was really, really keen on being cryonically Hi. frozen. I'm sorry. Preserved. Read the friend list. I am is, about is... to read the friend list, and then we can hang up. Okay. Which is the friend list is at this dinner with the following: the... Larry's close friends, Conan O'Brien. <laughs> Tira Banks. Tyra Banks. Tira. Tira. Banks. Are you saying Tira? Tira. Shaquille O'Neal. That's Seth uh, Sha- McFarlane. I think you mean Sha- that's Shaquille. Shaquille O'Neal. Seth McFarlane. Shaquille's what? Jack Dorsey, Quincy uh. Jones, and Russell Brand. Oh. <laughs> now, Quincy Jones, I could see Larry hanging out with because they're both insane. Sure, Russell Brand as well. Yeah. But, but he was like, I gotta have Shaq. I gotta have Family Guy. I gotta have Twitter, Jack. <laughs> Tyra Banks. Have... Tira Banks. Tira. Tira so mad Banks. at you. Jesus so mad Christ. at you. I'm so glad that's not in the show. The Shutdown Full Cast. Better. You're listening to the Internet's only college football podcast. I'm Spencer Hall, and and I want to tell you about the only man I know who's made 2020 work. The only person who has taken all of that opportunity that you've had, staying mostly at home for seven months, or deciding that biology and epidemiology isn't real and just giving up. That might be you, too. The only person who's taken advantage of all this time and made their dreams come true. Yeah, we're going to talk about the weekend that was in college football. But before that, I want to celebrate somebody who really has decided to embrace human potential and take all that spare time and do what they wanted, follow their dreams, and make them manifest in the material world. Jason Kirk, would you like to hear about the one person I think who's done this? So at first, when you said my name, I was like, wait, I... You cannot possibly be describing me. I am. Jason, yeah. <laughs> are you jet, uh, are you jetpack guy? Jetpack Jason. So, uh since since when you say the person who has it all together in 2020 and then you say my name, clearly these are two different people. So I would like to hear about this other person who does have it all together in 2020. A clever way of denying that you are jetpack guy. It's incredible. Nazis are back and so is the rocketeer. Just in time. Uh, yeah. 
So, uh, Dateline, October 14th, 2020. L.A. International Airport officials are investigating reports of someone wearing a jetpack in the flight path. The second such report in little over a month. When you say wearing a jetpack. A jetpack. No, no, no. When you say wearing a jetpack, wearing or operating? They saw a man in a jetpack. That's the quote I have. Was he walking? No, he was at 6,500 feet. There we go. Above the ground. And was reported by a China Airlines crew member. That's where this starts to feel like a work, frankly. <laughs> at one, by the way, was this early in the morning? Was this maybe late at night when somebody was trying to be discreet? Maybe low key? Nope, nope. The China Airlines crew member reported seeing what appeared to be someone in a jetpack roughly seven miles northwest of the airport around 1.45 p.m. on a Wednesday, according right to the FAA. everybody's sleepy. That's <laughs> just what he waited until I was like, oh, you can't jetpack on an empty stomach. You can't get up to 6,500 feet. That's the thing. Not uh, only has, has this person done this twice in the last month, they were at 6,500 feet. That's a that's over a mile off the ground. The Rocketeer is a criminally underrated film and should have gotten the love and extended universe that is today granted to Marvel Comics. Agreed, 100%. And Timothy Dalton deserved the work. Joe Johnston is a god. But, but damn. Like, that's not... I don't know what the acceptable level of off-the-groundness is here for for your jetpacking i just know that that a full over a mile that's that's too much that's way too much but he did it and that's what matters so Twice it looks like that we know about so 6500 is that what you said yeah so uh i searched jetpack altitude record it looks like this is sort of a speed running thing we have going on where the record is just falling constantly because Google says 5905 was the record, uh, 6000 the record. All of these articles are from 2020. So, like, a, a bored nation is devoting its time to crushing the jetpack record over and over again. I'm so glad tell. that our nation's uncles have finally had enough time in their homes and have now taken to the skies. Well, you say... let's be clear. We don't know this is a dude, but this is a dude, right? Yeah, it's uh, a dude. Maybe, but isn't that what a lady doing it would want you to think? Shh! Oh, so uh, a company we'll called that. Jetpack Jesus, Aviation Ryan. says it can reach 15,000 feet. So we've got <laughs> no, we can't. A, <laughs> we've sure got a long can. way to go. 50. <laughs> sure it can. I'm not actually clicking on any articles at all because fuck that. I'm just looking at like the previews in Google. So 15,000 feet, that's the bar. Get on it. If you're only doing 6,000, you are not maximizing your potential whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, um, LAX Jetpack Uncle, if you're listening, Jason just dropped a challenge to you. Well, Spencer, you say 6,500 feet is too far, right? I think anything over 15. But what if I tell you Over that... 15 or 1,500? 15 feet. Okay. What? What's gotcha. the point of having a jetpack? To dunk. So I can just That's buzz it. around. So, you so can I can dunk. buzz around your heads like a moth, Where's just going, this? "Whoa!" Okay, never mind. That is funny. Um, what if I told you that sixty-five hundred uh, feet was still a good sight off of Bo Nix's passing total last year? <laughs> sixty-five hundred feet is twenty-one hundred, uh, about two thousand one hundred sixty-six yards, 
And last year, Bo Nix passed for 25.42. So this jetpacker, who you're so impressed by, is still 1,200 feet away from true freshman Bo Nix's rookie passing total. Is Bo Nix the true rocketeer? Is Bo Nix the jetpack the jetpack bandit? Meanwhile, Case Keenum did hit 15,000 feet three different college seasons. See? Saying. Good Lord. What do you do? I mean, we could talk about Bo Nix, and I would love to. I would just like to put this. I'd rather talk about jetpacks. In your mind. If you were up 15,000 feet in a jetpack, there is no way you're going, your mind's going to be right. Because you're going to look at it and go, I, I've gone far too high in a vehicle supported only by, ro- by rocket boots. And what I would lem- like, I know this isn't what it actually runs on, but I just imagine that if you're an uncle in a jetpack, it's running off a couple of propane tanks that you got at the gas station. Right. And do you really know if they're actually full? They felt full, but I can't know. Yeah, that's <laughs> God, that's exactly... Mm, that is such a dad response. Oh, they felt full. Yeah. Just, and like just that be, is any sort of defense. Be up there in the science. air and be like, oh, I really wish I hadn't made burgers with these before. So I really like could use that little extra. Around uh, 15,000 feet is when oxygen is only about 50% of uh, what we are used to here. So once Just you're like there, Bo Nix's completion rate. <laughs> It's 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 a solid fifty four, <laughs> sir. Uh, but yeah, uh, around there you're you're getting the good thoughts. Your brain okay, is so we've your got... brain is working twice as hard. All right, so uncles with impaired judgment have taken to our nation's skies. I okay. I can't imagine also, a better into the year. Monarch butterflies can fly eleven thousand feet. Are you gonna let a fucking butterfly wow. outsoar you? Jason That's... calling yeah. out the rocket pack community. Love to hear it. That's what's going to happen. Some guy's going to be like, I ain't no bitch-ass butterfly. I'm going to go higher than that. And at 15,000 feet, you're so far away, you can't see South Carolina beat Auburn. It's just like a little speck down there. You don't have to watch it. a compelling argument. I'm just saying, if if you had to say what what kind of fan is is going to LAX and firing up a jetpack for fun... Disgruntled Auburn fan feels very on brand. I don't know, Ryan. They have that big old jumbotron at Jordan Hare Stadium. <laughs> they, could, they could see that some bitch see from it. space. You that would be it. if they were losing at home to South Carolina. Of course, they, they lost in the other place. But the, in about 70 years, yeah. uh, they'll get their revenge chance at yeah. Jordan Hare Stadium. If the you, first time, but not the last time, Auburn fans are going to lose in that other place in their lifetimes. You're, de- <laughs> you're descending from 15,000 feet. You come down through the clouds and behold the glory and the majesty that is our blessed Mother Earth. And yet, the first thing you see is a stadium full of fans, the faint sounds of sandstorm wafting up from it. No, right? you, hear, you, hear then, that chick, you hear that chicken scream. And yeah, then you hear the chicken. You hear the. And you know what you're doing, Jetpack Man? Back, yeah. back to space. Back, back up. You know what sandstorm sounds like at that distance? It's not that different from a sputtering propane engine, is it? (laughs) (laughs) But you might die, Randy. Oh, it'd be better than landing there. Can I talk for just a moment about the literal notion of Earth is our mother and how sick of our collective shit she must be? Yeah. Like, we, we say Mother Earth a lot, but think about the notion of mother, not in the... Gaia all-embracing Mother Earth sense, but think of it as the 
Mother Earth who is on her eighth load of laundry and her 60th hour of work, and it is Wednesday. And all of a sudden, somebody on Memorial Drive in Atlanta throws an entire fish dinner out of their window, as I have seen. In the styrofoam? Yeah, she's yeah, she's had it. Yeah. I regret to inform you, I think this is more of a Rose for Emily situation. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I think this is a good, that's an excellent segue. Ryan, you gave us like four segues. That's amazing. I, I did my best. You, know, you did. You're like a figure skater who's had to take a shot of Novocaine like right before the competition. <laughs> so you're trying to get in all the axles before, before the painkillers wear off. Yeah. 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 You did. You, and and you, gave, you gave us like four attempts to talk about Auburn, South Carolina smoothly. Also, and you look beautiful in Lycra. You do. Hey, thank you. And like a kid who refuses to pee and then pees themselves in the back of the car because I didn't like the look of that exit. Yeah. I like how you switched to first person in the middle of that metaphor. We skipped all of them. We skipped all of them. So, uh, I don't know. South Carolina, Auburn. Let me just say this. Bo Nix. I don't think Bo Nix should throw the ball 47 times in one game. He probably shouldn't throw the ball 47 times in two games. We've been joking for weeks about the side effects of Bo Nix, but I'm a lot more worried about the direct immediate effects of Bo Nix, the things he's trying to do on purpose. 47 passes is a nearly fatal dose of Bo Nix, okay? If you take 47 passes worth of Bo Nix, dial 911 because your team is in trouble. He threw three picks. Three. You know, there's picks and then there's picks. There's picks that you throw with your whole ass off your back foot. And there's picks that you kind of half-ass. Like Stetson Bennett's picks, they were... I'm, I'm going to give them, like, C-pluses in terms of zest. Yes, let's talk about multiple interception quarterbacks such as Stetson Bennett and Bo Nix. There were a few. There were a few. Moving on. But, yeah, I, I don't think... I don't think it's, like... that. Auburn's confusing as hell. If anyone understands what they're doing as a team, please explain it to me. Because I just <coughs> find them mysterious in the bad way i tell you what though we said earlier in the season that we resented auburn for throwing their higher gust slash fire gust cards down on the table so early in the year they're making it zesty this is the very confusing thing about auburn by the way the the confu- you have one okay no 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 the most confusing thing is that i okay. thought they would work if they figured out a run game because the knock on them has been that if they cannot run the ball, then they absolutely cannot um, they absolutely cannot do anything else, right? Right. Thank you to ESPN Autoplay Ads uh, for interrupting our show. That's a great way to run a website in 2020. <laughs> they're a fine company. I think they're great. Mm-hmm. No problems. Uh, they actually figured out a way to run the ball. I thought that was the fix. I thought that was it. They got Tank Bigsby, who, by the way, you got a running back named Tank Bigsby. You should be way better than this. Why well, the hell is that guy not at Kentucky? Tank Bigsby. Well, because his name isn't like Torgo or uh, Tobacco Leaf. Or also, he's Johnny not sha- he's not shaped like his name. No if, no. if he was shaped like his name, he would be at Kentucky. Okay, fair enough. He would be. Or Jocko or some weird name that you would only have on a Kentucky team. Tank Bigsby isn't weird. It's perfectly normal name in Alabama. All right. <laughs> it's the tank. It's the third most popular boy's name this year. Well, as the doctor said, holding up a mirror to the second doctor holding a needle and thread, suit yourself. Yeah, I thought they figured it out with Tank Pigsby. That was good. No, it was good. It was good. No, no, too late. Uh, but I thought they'd figured it out. 
and evidently not. Evidently, we just needed to, instead of giving Tank Bigsby more carries, we needed to throw the ball 47 times with Bo Nix, who Bo Nix completed 24 of those. 24 of those. So, robust 50% approximate passing. Yeah, it's just... This is making me sad. And a, and a thing a thing I learned with um, friend and colleague Caroline Darney, um, this was the first time, mostly because they have not played very much in this time span, but this is the first time uh, South Carolina has beat Auburn since Larry King was 13 days old. Uh, oh, God. Yep. Now you're thinking about Larry King as a baby. I think he he looks exactly the same, but just yes. with tiny legs, right? Hello. <laughs> His first words were garlic. It was very moving. Oh. I had something dialed up to make us feel better after all that, but the notion of Larry King as a baby has put it directly out of my mind. No, it hasn't. Friends and neighbors, by the time you hear this show on tomorrow, October 19th, we will be less than a week away from our very first Deerdorf and Brandstatter remote in Michigan Stadium home alone call oh, wow. of the year. Ho, ho, ho. Ha, 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 ha. I will be listening to this exclusively next weekend. I and not just because Tennessee is playing Alabama. You know what I'm most excited for is for everybody who has been watching everyone else who just jumped onto the football bandwagon a month or so earlier than the extremely prudent and wise, oh so wise, and virtuous Big Ten. I can't wait for the Big Ten to come out and look just like everyone else has looked, which is like absolute shit. What coach are you most looking forward to losing their utter minds as they behold the chaos on the field on a shortened season with shortened practice time? Who is going to handle this the absolute worst? It is really too bad that Mark D'Antonio is gone. Mm, it's gonna be Harbaugh. I was gonna say Scott Frost, but all right, Harbaugh's gonna be great. Scott Frost is so emotionless. Mm. I don't feel like you're gonna get much of a pop there, but Harbaugh, Harbaugh's gonna give you a show. We're gonna see some veins in that man's neck that we didn't know previously existed in human anatomy. Yeah, it's just gonna look like it's gonna look like just a bunch of ropes and wires. It'll be beautiful because he's not ready. He's not ready for Michigan to not be able to tackle, which has been. The number one thing, if you said, well, how has COVID-19 affected college football and how college football looks? The inability to tackle and all of that contact and reps and practice that you didn't get because you had COVID. Yeah, that's where it's going to show up. And Michigan has relied a lot on their defense to keep them in games when their offense has, is the word struggle too strong? I don't think so. Flailed? Uh, Developed on the field before Mm. our eyes. Learned, matured. And like all maturation, puberty takes a long time. It's awkward. There's fits and starts and emotional breakdowns. There's a hair down there. You'll, this you'll is be a, man. a very disturbing direction. <laughs> Who's here to help you through it? That's Jim Harbaugh. I was going to say, that's the... Okay. Imagine Jim Harbaugh giving the talk. He's no. got kids. Nope. Going to go right back to baby Larry King. Thank you. All right. Suit yourself. That's a lot. Of, he has a lot of kids, too. Perhaps a somebody lot. should give him the talk. That's, <laughs> that's how it happens? What have I been doing? I've been running counter right. <sighs> it's crazy. Oh, God, now I'm upset. Yep, you did it. 
I did. Just like Jim Harbaugh. Just like Jim Harbaugh. Um, I don't know. Did Alabama and Georgia play this week? Oh, they did. They did. Woo! They're dogs as hell, ain't they? Woo! What's that coming down the track? Three rushing. I don't understand a- that reference, and I won't. Respond. Three rushing attempts ah! in the second half. God damn it! <laughs> That's not quite accurate. It's not, but it should be pointed out, though, that by the way, that in case you wondered whether Georgia was going to actually not panic and freak out, in case you wondered if they were going to keep their composure and stay in the game and stick to the plan, hell no! They lost the lead after Jalen Waddle scored a. What I think was a 142-yard touchdown. That's correct. It felt it felt that long. Just a great run by Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, just an amazing throw by Steve Sarkeesian. Great pass by him. Great catch by Steve Sarkeesian. Gary Danielson pulled this same shit. Did you hear this? Same thing. Same thing. God. Just not Jalen I have I have a different perspective on it now. I think he's mm. doing it to tweak Nick Saban, and I think it's very funny. Oh, never mind. I take it back. That is very funny. <laughs> Giving credit to an assistant. <laughs> Spe- wait. Speaking of Nick's assistants, we have to talk about the other one. There is the uh, Kirby. No, the yeah. Brain King. Oh, the Brain King. Nick's Brain King. Pete Golding. Pete Golding, the Nick. I'm Saban. sorry, I caught you unprepared. No, the Nick Saban disciple who looks like. Um, he looks like if you put all of if you put Will Ferrell and John C. Riley's characters in Step Brothers into through, the fly machine. Yeah, it would get. He's he looks like he was assembled from pieces of other people. If I told, and it's Nick, so maybe. Okay, hey. here's what I here's what I want you to do, both you, the listener, and you, my my fellows on this show. If you if you don't know what he looks like, pull up a picture of Pete Golding. Now, Jason, how old do you think Pete Golding is? Hang on, and let me pull up a picture of Pete yeah. Golding. Pull up a picture of Pete Golding and tell hey, me how. Oh, yeah, just, we've seen this guy before. How yeah. old do you think that person is? Oh God, um, he's younger than he looks. I know that. Twenty-eight. Much. Uh, thirty-five. Okay, Holly, I, I, what's your guess? Twenty-eight. Thirty-one. Jason was closest. He's 36. That's a 36-year-old man. Wow. If yep. I told you that there was a frat brother named Gooch and I had to ask you to assign a picture to him, you'd pick that picture. That's the guy. Gooch. Did I ever tell you all that a guy named Gooch, spelled Gooch, used to be our mayor in my hometown? We had a mayor Gooch. You did not. <laughs> he, was, he was a moderate because he was in the middle. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, Pete Golding. Pete Golding is the man who I imagine will take the pizza from the garbage if it's still in it in the office, though, because the office garbage cans are clean, and you can't oh, just throw away good pizza like that. Pete Golding. If Michelangelo was a human man, and I mean the Ninja Turtle, not the artist, because oh, <laughs> that one was. Wait, Michelangelo. What? Michelangelo, the Ninja Turtle. No, no, be... no, wait, back up. Sorry. Did I, what I, man? The. It's fine. <laughs> I'm saying Michelangelo the Ninja Turtle would be Pete Golding if he were human. Oh. What about, I think the, for... what about the other thing? I thought you were Turtles. saying there was a person named Michelangelo yeah. for a minute. No, I would never suggest that. 
Yeah, I, I was with Jason. I thought like, oh, was there a person who was a Ninja Turtle? I need to know about this. No, <laughs> April O'Neil. <laughs> Booger McFarlane looks like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> he really does. He's you can read Spencer Booger when you hear this. He I... will. He will not care. I I have a feeling Booger is the kind of person who's like that man is frivolous. He swole. He swole Raphael. Stats are stupid. I hate you. I have a special toy that I ride around the field. <laughs> it shoots pizzas. <laughs> did you guys have that van? No. I never did either. I'm over it. Very hot. How did they learn to drive? How did they have fingers? I more well, think that they were in New York. How did they learn to drive? Oh, right? that's, yeah, that's yeah. completely fair. Where, where, where did they drive? Nobody. Where did they, where did they park? Where do you park the Ninja Turtle van? It was the 80s, so the answer is Queens. Oh, okay. Hey, Bill Barnwell. Yeah. Do, do, will they ticket us here? <laughs> they don't have the cops here. It's Shoot a pizza at him. It's fine. <laughs> Shoot a pizza at so You're getting shot with a flaming hot pizza fresh out of the oven would hurt like hell. Ninja Turtles could have defunded the cops. Yeah, don't act like that wouldn't actually give you second degree burns on your face if you just get hit head on with a pizza. You think well, it's not, hot? That's you think only it's a if fresh the pizza, pizza gets delivered in time. Yeah, I think what? I think you're you're loading up old pizzas and I think it's old stinky pizzas. No man, you gotta they from the animation they were all very very That's um, true. It very melty. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Clearly, mm. like when they're when they're eating pizza as power ups, it, it almost looks damn near liquid in their hands. <laughs> Jason, you're talking about in the four person arcade game. Yeah, I, I, mean, I feel like in every iteration that pizza was a power up for them. Yeah, it is very drippy. So it is very about drippy. The melty ones. It is very drippy. Yeah, the cartoon. It was. It was just like a bucket of pizza, hot and ready. That's what it is. <laughs> Oh my god, the Ninja Turtles no, 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 created no, no, the Papadilla. No. no, it was hot and deadly. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, seriously, if they're just out there shooting pizzas willy-nilly at people, they're going to, like, they're going to send some people to the hospital, cost some eyes. One's going to the emergency, one's going to Little Caesars. That's the Chicago way. <laughs> just go with it. It's fine. It's um, fine. I... Would like to go back to the Georgia Alabama game to point one other thing out about Al- about Georgia completely freaking out when they were only down three, and deciding to put the burden of proof for Georgia's greatness on the backs of their defense. No, their running backs, all of which are capable of running a four five or a four four, squatting nine hundred pounds, and are all just supernaturally talented. No, no, they didn't do that either. Maybe their offensive line, made up of giant, angry, country-strong farm boys? No. No, they declined that, too. They put it all in the back of Stetson Bennett. Which Stetson Bennett? Which sounds like a horse, but is not. Wisely avoiding Stetson Bennett, one, pretty sure is dead. And two and three, who are out of eligibility. No, Stetson Bennett, the fourth, who had at least three passes batted down at the line of scrimmage because he's not really tall enough to throw over them consistently. On the road against Alabama, they decided to throw 40 times with Stetson Bennett because that's who you are as a team. I have that's a di- bo- I have a boring math argument for why I think it's I think it's more pre- the problem is actually more precise than that. Ooh. Um, so I went back and I looked at everything both Georgia and Bama did on first down 
<clears throat> when the game was close. Like once Bama scored the 41st point, I didn't look at anything after that. Um, That's probably smart. Yeah, because it didn't matter. Um, Georgia passed the ball 14 times on first down and ran the ball 11 times. Their runs averaged 5.6 yards. Their passes averaged 5.1 yards. But a lot of that is off of one throw, a 36-yard gain. So if you take that one away, passing on first down those other 13 plays, they only averaged 2.7 yards. Now, Bama, on the other hand, is about the same ratio-wise. They had 18 passes and 16 runs. Um, Running-wise, they're actually a little worse than Georgia, but not significantly, 5.37 yards per play on first down runs. On first down passes, 10.6 yards per play. <laughs> and and I, like, I think it's boring, but I think ultimately what happened was Georgia try Georgia was like trying to be balanced on first down in ways that didn't make sense because Stetson Bennett's not Mac Jones and he doesn't have the same, like he has a good receiving core, but it's not quite as good as Bama's. And like, ultimately I think that meant Georgia was off schedule more than they wanted to be. They end up with, um, Bama ran six more plays in this game overall and had one extra drive, but had five fewer third down attempts. So I think what happened, and I didn't like, I don't have a lot to explain, well, what was Georgia doing on first down passing that wasn't working? But I think because they went in and said, let's keep it balanced and not just run the ball on first down to set up second and six, third and two, et cetera, et cetera, I think they just got behind schedule too much. And that's why they get to third and long. And I think both the, the last two interceptions, I think, are on third and 10 and third and seven, if I, if I remember correctly. That's my boring math answer. So you think theoretically they were just doing the thing they were supposed to do? I well, it's funny because against, it is that all, thing against all evidence. It is that thing where, like, when when Georgia just runs the dang ball, Bobo. Some people, maybe people on this podcast, maybe me, who's to say, will kill them and sort of say, like, you know, that you know, what are you doing? It's twenty twenty, blah blah blah. But the truth of the matter is you're on your fourth string quarterback who's still very good, who has played better than anybody really would have predicted if you said, hey, Georgia's going to start the year with um, their first stringer who transferred in immediately sitting, uh, deciding to sit the season out, their second stringer who transferred in not being healthy enough to play, their third stringer getting benched in the first game against Arkansas, Arkansas, and then they're going to be on to to starter number four. Like, he's played well relative to those expectations. But, like, I think... I I think also starter Bulldog the fourth. Yes, correct. That is interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I just... I don't know. Like, I think it's a matter of you should just do what you're good at. And that doesn't mean don't let Stetson Bennett throw. It just means, like give him an environment where th- he will be more likely to succeed throwing. And I don't think that means, hey, we're on the road playing Alabama. You're going to throw the ball a bunch on first down. Because they were still running for 4.8 per carry. Like, and their offensive line, it, it, and a lot of points in the game was looking good. So, like, Yeah, they're ready, they were ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I agree. If you can put him in a little bit more favorable, favorable positions where he's throwing on third and 
four. Right. Yeah. There's or, even, or even then, like, he can, like, Stetson Bennett can run. A, I mean, he looks like Mario, like, sprinting, but. Mario can woo-hoo. run his ass off. Yeah. 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 So, I, I think, I think, I think Georgia listened to the full cast too much, frankly. Yeah. That's I, a common yeah. problem. For that them. goes for everyone who is currently <laughs> listening to it as well. Shout out to superfan Claude Felton. I knew it. I knew it. Claude Felton. What's a podcast? I will complicate that with one thing. Okay. Stetson Bennett, Stetson Bennett missed those easy throws, and he hit the hard ones. Go back and look. Sure. Stetson Bennett, Stetson Bennett misses some very, very makeable throws where he is put in a great position to succeed. Then on longer downs where he should miss the throw and they should not convert, he does. That's that's where this horrible human factor comes in where you go, boy, this would be great if we did everything optimally. And but if that's, our but that's sort of what I'm... Stuff, that's sort of what I'm talking about where the reason the game, I think the reason the game was close and then it wasn't is because Georgia was just like leaning on that stress too much where it's like, well, we'll let Stetson Bennett throw, throw on first down. It won't go well. And then he'll bail us out on third down. And that is not actually a way to survive a football game against Alabama. Or, or, or as we'll talk about against anyone. You could be Vandy. You could be Vandy that way. Maybe. And you can, frankly, you might be able to be Florida that way. And LSU. Well, we have, a, <laughs> we have a we have a special circumstance on third down as Florida Gators that um, is familiar to Georgia fans as well. That would be third and Grantham. But um, I was having a perfectly good night, so I really don't want to talk about that. Sorry, um, that's fine. It's fine. Can I, don't bring it uh, up again. I think I have a pretty fun rushing average Ooh. stat that I am looking to confirm. Okay, Jimmy. here we go. The team on pace to have the lowest per carry average on the ground since 2014 Wake Forest. Do we have a guess? The team this season. Mississippi State. That's right. Not only do they never run the ball, they are terrible at it when they <laughs> do. They've done it 70 times per 1.54 yards per carry. That is uh, about the same number of, as Air Force did in its only game. <laughs> what a beautiful what? time. Mississippi, Mississippi State statistical slander will just continue because it's one of these four games was not like the others. Do you think you could put two guys on the line? And drop everybody back into coverage, like put everybody ten yards away. And do you think Mike Leach would still refuse to run the ball? I mean, I'm yeah. pretty sure like half the Pac-12 did that for like the last few <laughs> years. You know, like that's it didn't, didn't Washington do that just like for <clears throat> five years right. in a row? Right. Yeah. Was it Jimmy Lake who who said out loud, you know, that they love the Apple Cup because Mike never changed anything yep. and they could just do the same thing every year? Yep. That that was that was him. Mike Leach had a really good idea in like 1998, and then it was Which the same. Which kind of makes him perfect for that Joe Rogan vein when you think it, about it. It was the sham wow, as it turns out. Hey, have you ever taken DMT and coached a football team? <laughs> oh, I was saying Joe Rogan's good idea was to be on news radio. Probably wasn't even his idea, right? Mm-hmm. You think he just showed up? He did give me my fantasy football name team name for the entire. Uh, decade or so that I played fantasy football 
there was a little throwaway line of his very early on in the show where he was insisting that this video he was watching could not be a scam because it was labeled authentic alien autopsy bloopers. Oh, well, <laughs> in that case. Joe Rogan 2020. Hey, have you seen those authentic alien I autopsy bloopers? I know. He has become that which he once derided. They're crazy, man. They're um, crazy. Mississippi State also sporting a healthy minus 10 turnover margin through four games. Is that like bad cholesterol? Um, last year, for reference, the bottom teams, New Mexico State, New Mexico, <clears throat> and Akron, were at minus 15. Okay, that's different. Okay. Yeah. Jesus. Good night. They... I tried to be blasé, and now I just can't shake it. I'm just Are they going to win another game? I think they will. Who do they? Well, big question. Shuffled schedule. Who do they play? So their next game is against Alabama on Halloween. So no. That's one. That's one. And that's one. one. That's one. Wait. Wait. <laughs> in the back. Where is that game? Tuscaloosa. Oh, okay. God. Yep. Count it. That's um, one. <laughs> then they host Vanderbilt and Auburn. That's. Uh, uh, you'll get one of those two. And then they. Um, then they have Georgia on the road. That's that's another. <laughs> then they play Old Miss on the road for the Egg Bowl, and then they end the season at home against Mizzou. So <laughs> that's fucked oh, up. Oh God! <laughs> you, have to, you have to endure the Egg Bowl, and oh. then you have to get up for a game against Mizzou. Yep. Where like half the team will be suspended because of whatever they did <laughs> in the Egg Bowl. It's like the fucking Egg Bowl fallout, and like yeah, yeah, you, you've just you've just wrenched your entire psyche through the Egg Bowl, and then. All right, boys, we got a team we hate even more than that. 38 Mississippi State players suspended for pantsing Mike Leach during the (laughs) end goal. (laughs) We all saw your dick. All of us. Oh, God. Dude, no. I think think Vanderbilt is the one, like, mostly because Vanderbilt Uh, is just, like, half a team at this point. Like... I think you can get past Vanderbilt. If they can't, be, if they can't beat Vanderbilt, no, then there's not an, another win on. I this. mean, think of how many shitty teams Mike Leach has beaten while running the ball three times. Yeah. Is there what? Is there a chance you guys have probably watched them more than I have at this point this season? Is there a chance we get on the schedule where Mississippi State, despite being bad? Has a shot to snake up, get somebody by the ankle, and absolutely fuck up somebody's season, which is our favorite thing for them to do. I don't. Like, are we? I don't be, think so. I guess what I'm asking of the three of you is, are we beyond that sandbar? Are they too far out? Oh, they're too far out. Yeah, okay. I think. I think. So there's only like two and a half teams for whom, that, like, it's it's Bama and Bama and Georgia are the two obvious ones. Auburn is the interesting one, not because necessarily Mississippi State could snake up. No, but and because like it's way them. funnier when Auburn season gets ruined. I agree. Well, well, and also because like Auburn doesn't need you. Like Auburn is a good improv partner. They don't need you to do that much to make it funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Auburn is going to if, if Auburn loses to Mississippi State, I guarantee you they will have done. They will have carried their weight in that upset. It's, okay, the Bo, the, it's the Bo Nix nine interception game. Why did you yeah. keep throwing? Oh, so so that that also brings me to, to the Egg Bowl, where like, Ar- I'm very happy that Arkansas won. I love what Arkansas is doing this year. I don't know that Arkansas can continue to rely on like 
<laughs> what was it? Seven six turnovers? Receptions? Yeah. What, yeah. What it's looking a little bit suspect. You, you think, yeah, you, so in, you're uh, saying that Arkansas won't get seven turnovers a game? <laughs> they might. If they do, that's great. But but the flip side Ryan, that of that sounds like a hater talk. <laughs> Just Sam Pittman with some sort of huge theatrical Gandalf staff on the sideline, going, "Yes, sir." <laughs> I'm the turnover god. Oh my god, none shall pass. <laughs> I ate at Grandy's for thirty years in a row, so I can make this happen. All magic belongs to me. <laughs> Let's just say yes, in, in the computers, <laughs> Arkansas is showing up like 51st, yeah. as in below, well, Indiana. I was going <laughs> to. <laughs> Which, nothing wrong with that. Home field. I always oh. love that. Uh, in the, I feel like every single time there's South Carolina, like best two or three loss team in the, like, whatever the number is. Once we get up right. to seven loss team. Right. <laughs> There's Logan, best, South Carolina. Best winless team. Lost team. The best the best two or three lost team in the nation is always a matter of like best health insurance that doesn't inco- doesn't cover surgery. The best winless <laughs> team, of course, is Ohio State. That's true. Team team with no wins. Oh, can can we can we divert briefly to talk the, I noticed something so we've talked about the poll a lot. I noticed something talk weird. About the polls. We will talk about the polls. There's something weird going on with the poll that I think might, there's a chance, There's a, it's a small chance, but I think it might fuck things up later in a really funny way. Oh, okay. sweet. Um, okay. <clears throat> so, the poll has been, as we've talked about previously, including Big Ten and Pac-12 teams, even though they're not playing. Now, now that said, not everybody who is an AP poll voter is putting those teams on. Like, I think Brett McMurphy is not is only ranking teams who are playing. So bless, like bless you, man. Bless so there's already some weirdness in the poll where like some voters are doing one thing and some thing, some voters are doing something completely different. But how many group of five teams do you think are on the most recent AP top twenty five? Quite a few. It's five. That's a lot. And wow. if you look if you look at like week five of the last four years, which is like the rough equivalent of where we are in terms of like how many games people have played, whatever. Uh-huh. It's like three, one, two. Like, if you don't have that many teams on, um, group of five teams in the top 25, and you don't, like, Cincinnati is still in the top 10. Do you know how, like, what that's on the strength of? They beat an FCS team that Pitt beat 55 to zero, they beat one in four USF. And they have a good win over Army, but that's it. And that's good enough to be in the top 10 right now because things are so weird. I think the Cincinnati ranking, which, like, yeah, the computers are, like, 15th. This is, like, their second best ranking ever. Right. And I think it is all misdirected Midwestern energy. Like, we got to vote for somebody from the Midwest who has done something, and it's all Cincinnati. Oh, wow. I wonder if we could see – I would love to see, like, a geographical data breakdown of this. Oh, yeah, and I would love for one of these to bump out, like, Ohio State at the end. Like, Mm -hmm. ah, Ohio State lost to Purdue, so not real sure whether we could put you ahead of BYU or Cincy. So my question is this. By by having the season be staggered as it has – and giving sp- like essentially giving space for the voters to put good group of five teams like Coastal Carolina in the rankings where they previously would not like they just wouldn't have gotten in or they would have had to go like eight and zero instead of four and zero and five and zero to get in. Mm-hmm. 
is that going to create like an inertia of sorts where it's already in people's minds that like Cincinnati's nine. And so, yeah, maybe I can drop a spot or two below that, but I like, are, are, have they, have they like gotten a foothold that will pay off down the road where we're going to see like at the end of the year, like, Oh shit, there are like three group of five teams in the top 15. What the hell is going on? See, that'd be really stupid. So I say yes. Okay. <laughs> it's difficult to predict, but I mean like since Natty, they, did drop since last week because of Texas A&M's victory over the team that doesn't run. Yeah. Um, so, like, it, I mean, it could be sort of shifting a little bit. Like, UNC lost, and Cincinnati still moved down. Yeah. You know, that, that it's just weird shit's happening. So, like, yeah. it could go either way. The fun one will be if we make it to college football playoff rankings because – they actually don't give a shit about what the AP says, you know? And, like, every year there's, like, the big correction when the AP just kind of like, oh, okay, I, I guess we'll cheat off that test now. You know, like, oh, the, the the actual answers are here. Let's align with that. So, like, this year it could be big. Like, it, it could just be just big jumps all over the place. Like, Oklahoma State, number six, don't get used to that, please. 12. <laughs> now you're 12. Why? You did nothing yeah. wrong. Too bad. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the biggest, like, the biggest aberration on here might be BYU in the teens still. Yeah, like, right. based on mm-hmm. everything we've seen, this is an easy top 10 team so far. All right, so, so that that was the weird thing I noticed. Here's the funny thing. The Big Ten has more teams in the top 25 than the SEC does right now. That's it. That's the that whole joke. <laughs> That's the whole joke. <laughs> so the, I think the takeaway here is to just never play football. No, that's it. It's, no, listen, it's bad for you. The theme, the theme across the board, by the way, is just try less. I also do, like do that less on the official AP page. Um, Coastal Carolina, they're new here. You know that they, they don't have all these teams have links and logos, except for Coastal Carolina because they're right. brand new here, never been ranked before. It's very exciting. Uh, also, NC State, they, they also <laughs> don't have a look because, you know, they're not really up here all that often. I don't know. They, they might have not needed one ever since the Internet was invented. But <laughs> exciting names all throughout the AP Top 25. This is what I'm waiting for, by the way, which is the SEC has managed to fall behind the Big Ten in total number of place teams based on their actual proof of life. Oh, you're playing football. Let's see what that looks like. Ew. Oh no, God! Uh, let's keep let's keep these other teams that we have magically put in with some kind of the buoyancy of forgetting that we've forgotten that you're actual football teams. I cannot wait for the Big Ten to come in and saunter in and go. All right, you ready for some big ball, fo- big boy football now? And Illinois like takes the field and we go. Oh God, it's Illinois. Oh, I forgot how bad this looked. <laughs> so this time around, <clears throat> uh, Ohio State moved up, Penn State moved up, Wisconsin. Michigan and Minnesota all moved up. Minnesota leapt a healthy three spots um, because of, you know. Uh, off of yeah. what? Meanwhile, of the, the Pac-12, uh, <laughs> their <laughs> only yeah. team in the top 20, Oregon, went down. A place. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this Oregon this is to... plummeting and Wisconsin will overtake them at this rate. This gets to my next step in this grand plan, which is this. Yeah, Ryan, I think that will happen. I think there will be some stickiness. There's going to be over-speculation 
in this particular market on Big Ten futures. And by the time the Pac-12 starts playing football, they're going to look so heinous, unprepared, and sloppy that there will not be a ranked... Like, we could see a situation where there might be one ranked Pac-12 team in the top 25 at the end of the season just because everybody's gone, oh, God. We're, like, we're, by the time we're the close to it now. Like, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. no, by the time this happens, the Pac-12 will look so bad that we will want football season to end. Oregon State versus Cal on like late at night or at night in the morning, whatever it happens. <laughs> By the time that happens, we'll all be so appalled. We'll be like, yeah, the season should end. We shouldn't be doing this. This there, is awful. They have 14 only, turnovers. There are only five Pac-12 teams getting votes in the poll right now. Dear of, God. A, a poll that is, <clears throat> that is still giving Tennessee votes. Uh, I and told them not to do that at the beginning of the year, and maybe now y'all will listen to me. The, Wa- so, the Washington Huskies and the Utah Utes, uh, fairly successful programs in recent times, are behind Liberty. Yes. Yeah. By the way, I am still going to go ahead and say that in the apocalypse year, that Utah football is going to thrive because they, they've they tried less and won more than any, like in terms of ambition, in terms of what they're going to do on the field, right? Like, what do you do? We We throw rock. Oh, I found my favorite one. So Indiana, <clears throat> when the Big Ten rejoined the polls like three weeks ago, Indiana had no votes. Last week they had one vote. Shit, yes, Indiana had one vote. Now, Indiana has moved up to four votes. Exponential growth, oh, baby. Yes. Next Standing thing you know. This, so it's 16, right? And then 64. And then, you know, further math. Next thing you know, they're in the top 15. Let's go. Cove, Indiana. People, people. Oh, my God, Ryan. <laughs> They're contagious. And, uh, this 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 week's Indiana, Catch by it. the way. Oh my God, the Indiana <laughs> Fever. The this week's Indiana, the team that just appeared with one vote, uh, is uh, a, a little school by the name of Texas. Oh, they're just hanging on. It's a basketball <laughs> team. This I, is how I, people people treating their votes like their investment dollars in a really hostile investment environment. Going, where's a safe place I could put my vote? I'll get hell. I don't know. Put a couple dollars in Indiana. <laughs> I, no one's see, gonna over speculate on Indiana. See, I see it more like a roulette, like a roulette betting table, where people are like, "Yeah, sure, put Just, put five dollars on woo. Liberty." Whatever. I will say, it is a very special indictment of Syracuse football at this point, and they <laughs> they have injuries. There are like reasons for it, et cetera, et cetera. Liberty went to Syracuse, beat an ACC team on the road, and is still like nine spots back from being like <laughs> yeah, no in, in a year in a year where like the polls have room for group of five teams liberty cannot sniff the poll i appreciate Please you don't say it. oh god i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry i do appreciate you using the phrase a very special indictment when talking about liberty football <laughs> are you saying liberty is on the outside looking in yep <laughs> you yep. know what someone put them in the corner and they seem happy there <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um i would like to share a a tale of two teams both evenly matched and apparently playing the same football game and then i will give you the score of this game because i watched this game i thoroughly enjoyed it because there's again do you know who the jetpack guy of the SEC is? I'm about to tell you. Somebody oh, who's maximized their time. Somebody who's optimized themselves for 2020 and the unique circumstances that it has given us. 
One team had 18 first downs. The other team also had 18 first downs. One team had 294 yards total offense. Not a great day at the office. The other team had 287. Seems like a pretty even football game. Boy, yes. Yes, Spencer, that's right. Pretty even football game. Uh, 107 yards passing, 112 yards passing. Looking at a defensive struggle here. Were this they able to run mean. the ball? This is 187, mean. 175. <laughs> Let him have it. It's about the same. About the same. What what was the final score of this game? If I were to give you, you'd probably go, oh, it feels like 21-17, maybe 17-14. Kind of a low-scoring slobber knocker of a game. Classic SEC territory. The kind of game your grandpa would be proud to take a nap oh, in the middle of. Okay, now it's mean. <laughs> Finals, I, de- I defended it's you for like It's 34-7. It's 34 It's 34-fucking-7. It's 34-7. Kentucky 34, Tennessee 7 because of four turnovers on the Tennessee side. These are the same teams. They're not dissimilar. It's worse if you don't wear your headphones. I promise. I took off my headphones and then I could hear you louder is the problem. So I put them back on. 34-7. Kentucky is by far my favorite team in the SEC right now because Kentucky has mastered the art of trying less. They're just... What are they going to do? They're going to play defense, and they're going to put Terry Wilson out there. You know what Terry Wilson's going to do at quarterback? Not, enough. <laughs> not a enough. goddamn thing. <laughs> enough. That's the answer. Not, not a goddamn thing. Enough. Th- he's not going to throw 40-something times, that's for sure. That's right. Uh, I'm, now, I'm now leaning firmly towards your quarterback throwing more is bad. In my old age, I'm becoming like, you know what happens when you pass the ball? You're not Kentucky. That's what happens. This is Eddie Mc- Eddie Grand's the MacGyver of Kentucky of, of offensive coordinators because somebody gave him a paperclip, some chewing gum, three batteries, and some string, and he's got to make an airplane out of it, and he's gonna do it because somehow Kentucky keeps winning games despite having um, what I would charitably call less than nothing on offense. They also, by the way, dropped like two TDs in this game, so it could have been worse. Well, also, within the first 20 minutes, Kentucky's defense had outscored Tennessee's offense for the entire game. <sighs> so, really, at that point, like, I don't know what you need to do on offense. <laughs> like, you know what? You know what we need to do? We need to get to 5 o'clock, boys. That's what we need to do. <laughs> Let's get to 5 o'clock. You know what? Do we have to go take uh, 20 minutes in the bathroom while we check our phone? That's what we're going to have to do. Maybe we linger in the copy room. A little longer than we have to? No problem. Does lunch creep over a little bit? Yeah. Are we going to play games on our phone at our desk? Sure. But we're going to get to 5 o'clock. We're going to make it through. That's Kentucky, man. I just... Shouts out to Mark Shouts out to Mark Stoops, by the way, for copying an open container on a bus. <laughs> when, somebody said, when somebody asked Mark Stoops if he was happy about the win, he said, yeah, I'm going to go on the bus and drink a glass of bourbon. Then I'm going to go home and smoke a cigar. I was like, wow. that's, that's Kentucky as hell when you're like, yeah, I'm cracking open a bottle on the bus. What you going to do about it, cop? Are we sure that's illegal in Kentucky, though? I really don't know. Only if you don't share. <laughs> did you bring enough for the whole bus? <laughs> you did? Oh, you are from Kentucky. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like literally tapping a barrel with a straw. That's what I'm doing. I just... Y'all- Y'all come up and get you a ladle of this courage. 
it was it was not that long ago that Tennessee was was contending with Georgia. Like it it wasn't. This is the meanest football team in the world <laughs> to its fans. Just the meanest. I tried to tell y'all. Just the meanest. That's the other thing is that Holly almost I, called the final margin in this game. Try on the to nose. tell y'all. <sighs> Can I tell y'all though? Holly's gotten so good about bailing on the game and knowing exactly when to bail on the game to with a frightening degree of accuracy. I've had lots of practice. You didn't even it didn't even take a turnover. Like I think just something happened. You go, nah, nah I'm out. I'm out. It was. It was zero zero when I quit <laughs> and went back to my room. <laughs> you quit at zero zero. It was zero zero when I went back to my room to watch uh Baylor West Virginia and I had a lovely Saturday. I don't know about the rest of you assholes. You made the right choice. You made the I right know. choice. I uh, know. you mean you mean Kansas, West Virginia. Because oh, I yeah. just want to emphasize that Gus oh, Johnson... Oh, was West Virginia playing against somebody? I just want to go ahead and emphasize that Gus Johnson got to call a Kansas football game. Ha <laughs> ha! I'm going to say something. It was it was actually a really great defensive game by West Virginia, too. It was a lot of fun in a lot of different ways. Can I tell you the best game I watched this week? Like, the best game. Like, like bar none. By, by far. I see no way of preventing you. I'm about to. Georgia State, Arkansas State, damn it. Thursday night, 59-52. Absolute lunacy on both sides of the ball. Yeah. It was absolutely phenomenal. I know our beloved Georgia State Panthers could could not pull out the win against the Red Wolves, but damn if the Sun Belt hasn't been the most entertaining. Like, second, second was Coastal Carolina. But damn if Georgia State didn't get, like, all of Arkansas State's coaches fired. Arkansas State's out here dropping co-defensive coordinators because of what the Panthers did. Yeah. Loss. That's how you know you're a good football team. You get people fired even when you beat them. <laughs> that's amazing. But yeah, Sun, Sun Belt, by the way, that's it. 2020's taught us that the Sun Belt is by far the best value buy in college football because uh, I haven't watched many bad Sun Belt games. I've watched bad SEC games. Non-competitive SEC games. But I don't think I've watched a bad Sunbelt game this year. That's an amazing statement. <laughs> it is, but it's completely accurate. I know. I, I, t- I have no issue with it. Um, can we... We don't have to do this for long, I promise. I do feel like we are obligated to talk about the Knolls. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, that's oh. fair. That's um, fair. There are those, that's a football team. That is correct. And uh, that we just saw recently in uh, in a home field apparel drop. That is correct as well. Um, here is my takeaway from Florida State upsetting number five, UNC, for their first win against an FBS team this year. Uh, Florida State didn't actually look that good in this game. They didn't win the turnover battle. That was tied they didn't win the penalty battle. They lost that pretty easily. They only completed 42% of their passes. They weren't very good on third down. They were like pretty so-so in the red zone. They only scored 17 points on five trips. They had like an up and down special teams night, missed two field goals. They did block a punt and they still won. And I think like, even though everything I just said sounds like negative or depressing or whatever, I think that's actually a good thing. Because for Florida State to be able to turn in a 
inconsistent. Not by no means was this like wow, Florida State firing on all cylinders on both sides of the ball. They did play pretty well defensively, I will say. And to still get a win against a team that, whether it makes sense or not, was undefeated and was ranked very highly, like that's actually probably a more meaningful first step for Florida State starting to rebuild or starting to turn it around than coming out and doing the everything went according to plan. Because, like, it's just, you can't rely on that if you are FSU right now at this point to play that game every week. So you should probably be happy with some things improved and the football gods didn't hate us for once. They hated UNC, and they really hated UNC at the end of that game. Uh, I'm... I don't really understand. Like, I did not watch this game. Yeah. Looking at the numbers, I do not understand how this happened. I was gonna, which part? I'm any of it. Okay. I'm really glad to hear you say that because I called the Tennessee Kentucky game within a field goal, and I distinctly remember turning to you before UNC Florida State and saying, "Max going to hang fifty on these people." Like I, this I can't remember the last time. I thought a game was going to be this much of a blowout in one direction, and I was this wrong in the other direction. Okay, so I'll tell you straight up. Turnovers, it's 1-1, right? Yeah. So it wasn't like there was a huge advantage there. Penalties, uh, it's like 50, 89 yards. There's not a massive number in penalties. No, the only reason I'm still thinking about this is because I thought UNC was going to blow their brakes off. UNC outgained them by over 100 yards. They had 11 more first downs. They uh, Sam Howell had a pretty good game, man. Like this looks clean. It's like... So a lot of it is that Florida State jumped out to a twenty-four point lead, twenty-four zero lead, and they obviously didn't like <clears throat> score a lot more as the game went on. But they they did to some extent kind of park the bus. They also had some dumb like both of the field goals they missed were like thirty-three, thirty-five yards, something like that. But like. If you go back and look through this game, every time there was like that little thing where it's like, okay, if UNC can just do that, if they can just convert this like fourth and one, or if they can just pick up this like third and three, they'll continue the drive and get the touchdown that will sort of like open the floodgates. And every time they hit one of those points, pretty much until the end of the game when they started coming back it went like terribly wrong. They went over three on fourth down in this game. And the like the last one was the last their last play on offense, but the other two were like short short yarded situations where they could have converted. They were fucking terrible on third down. On third down, they converted a third and one, and a third and two, and that was it. That was the only offensive conversions they had on third down all night. They like and and, and like I'm saying when when they didn't convert, it wasn't just like. Oh, third and five, third and completion. It was, oh, third and five, got sacked and lost 15 yards. Like, this was such a, such a, like, in the margins game. And, like, you, you, it's like, have you ever seen somebody just go on a terrible streak at blackjack where you're just like every, every time, every, you played every hand right. Yeah, exactly. You've played every hand right, but just the dealer kept kicking your ass. That was kind of what happened to UNC. Right. <clears throat> right. And I think your, you know, your statistical analysis, this is, this is good. This is informative, but uh, I think the, if, if I could pick out a single number from this yeah. box score that I think would, would spell victory here, uh, FSU threw 19 passes and that is 
almost half as many as UNC threw. That's so, true. Uh, as we've as we've learned, passing is bad. Passing um, is bad and stupid. FSU. Why managed, would you do it? <laughs> FSU managed to avoid it. In fact, FSU really didn't do anything on offense. It looks like they didn't even have the ball. Like UNC threw thirty six passes, ran forty five times, uh, and FSU ran thirty six times and passed nineteen times. So does okay, UNC had the ball the entire time and nothing happened? Yeah. Pretty much. You can't make a mistake on offense if you don't have the ball. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Play smarter, not harder. Also, uh, it's like Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> also, the Knolls, it looks like every time the Knolls got the ball, they they broke a big play. 54, 58, 39, 36. <laughs> like, get ball, do something with it. Whereas you and But just one thing. Just do just one, one thing, thing with it. That's yes, it. Exactly you don't one. get to That's do it. more than one thing. Um, and then get your defense back on the field. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> so, so they can take a long time to get the ball away from the offense <clears throat> and um, stop them on. They go two for 12 on third down. Yeah. That is bad blackjack, man. That's nasty. Between between this game and Notre Dame-Louisville, which I will only I will only remark upon by saying the winning team, Notre Dame, scored 12 points. <clears throat> I have a very hard time seeing how, like, Anybody else in this conference is going to be a meaningful threat to Clemson, who I don't even think we've talked about Clemson much on the show this season at all. Clemson continues to look like like an absolute murder machine. And I just don't, you know, they've already, they already beat Miami, and that didn't look that hard. I don't see how anybody else left on the schedule or in the conference championship game is like even going to slow them down at this point. Like they what the punter came in and started throwing passes on Georgia Tech <laughs> to Dabo's sons to Dabo's son yeah, like yeah. yeah so this week uh, they are forty four and a half point favorites against Syracuse oh god and I'm not sure that number that game doesn't have to have that number's not attractive really <laughs> can you can you I like start big numbers but the that's... running clock <laughs> why do we need to do this what is is there a single reason we need to play this game. No, for I mean, normalcy. I guess, I guess Clemson's punter could use some more throwing reps. Sure, Clemson at one point they swapped out their uh, extra point kicker for their backup extra point kicker. <laughs> they had this other Are dude. Are you kidding me? This other dude kicked like three extra points. Ugh. I don't like. Why are we doing I mean, this? That's that's very gracious of you, Dabo. But good lord. It, it is funny because people reflexively were like, who didn't, who clearly didn't watch the game, were like, oh, 73 7. They ran up the score. And it's like, no, they really tried to, like, if, if, if you had driven to the game and said, hey, can I play? They probably would have put you in for a few snaps at linebacker. Four different Tigers through passes. Yeah. <laughs> 10 ran the ball. Uh, I'm not even going to count, but it looks like 15 <laughs> caught passes, including two different Swinnies. I didn't even know there were two Swinnies. I didn't know there were two Multiple. of them on the team. Well, he's not even a relative. We just took him because of the name. Just, I like this kid. Am we, am we not merciful? There was. <laughs> it, let me looks, give you, let me. it looks like the backup punter got a rep. Oh, no. no. Oh, I see what happened here. The backup kicker is also the backup punter. Great. Yeah. Yeah. My God. Can I give you... Clemson did something that is a rarity, but one of my favorite... Uh, you're not about this life moments. And this is when they told Georgia Tech that you are not about this life. And Georgia Tech's like, no, no, we are not. No, no, we would like to get to the end of this game. We agree. We did not claim to be. 
They they put up thirty. Asked and answered, counselor. They put up thirty-five in the second quarter. Now here's the there smart is... thing Georgia Tech did. All right, they threw only fourteen passes. They got this shit over with. They ran That's the right. ball forty-four times. That's right, brisk baby. <laughs> Keep this Fall clock is, moving. We're something. <laughs> we are the, the single something. funniest screen grab. I'm gonna go ahead and grab it. Is Clemson's receiving totals <laughs> versus Georgia Tech's? Yeah, Tech had four guys catch passes. Clemson had, it's got to be like 20. <laughs> they were mad at all of them. They're like, why are you catching that pass? <laughs> Don't ever, oh my God. Clemson really did have like, Clemson has, <laughs> the, Clemson has an entire roster catching balls in this yeah. game. They have, oh my God, they have guys. Lynn J. Dixon caught a pass. I'm going to spell Lynn J.'s name. L-Y-N dash J. That's how you spell Lynn J. Dixon caught a pass because of Georgia Tech. The generosity. So, I bet Jamie Lynn Sigler caught a pass. Clemson she is did. like, Clemson's like notorious for emptying the bench, right? Like this is sort of the, one of the things they do that kind of fucks with their, their advanced analytics is like as soon as they get any sort of a comfortable lead, they just started shuffling dudes in there. Um, and it's one of the reasons they're so good late in the season, you know, because everyone's gotten some reps. This might be the most extreme example we've seen yet. And that includes the time they played like Charlotte. Yeah. So JC Chalk caught a pass. What? That's a fake name. Yes, it is. That's like They're that's like the first when you play Where in the World in Carbon San Diego. That's like the first villain you have to catch. This is like when you have to enter your name for setting a video game record and you start putting <laughs> butt and ass. I mean, is that right? the most video game name on here? Because there's a dude named Max May. There's a guy named Frank Ladson. What? Frank Ladson Jr., who I swear played for Nottingham Forest. Yeah, they, uh, okay, yeah, at he's least a transfer. That's not hyphenated. I thought it was going to be like Lad Dash Son. Yeah, multiple Swinnies. I mean, they they could have gotten Grandma Swinney in on this. I don't think I knew he had two sons that were college age. Are these middle schoolers? <laughs> Did he put it? Are, are his kids in college? If a middle school, like, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead. This and start. is why the ACC is so against rushing the field, because uh, coaches kids keep trying to play Georgia Tech. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and start spreading the rumor that a middle schooler caught a pass for a completion against Georgia Tech. In yeah, the Lane offered him as a preschooler, but, you know, yeah. he really wanted the sense of family that he got at Clemson. There's the, like, ghost of Cumberland College just in Debo Swinney's ear, like, make him bleed. Do it. Um, and John Heisman's like, yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to shout out Memphis. I mean, just, just generally, theory. not even for generally. Football. Yeah, I think I think the same. Just yeah. you know, sh- shouts out shouts out to Memphis as a city, as the beautiful land. Like Memphis is. Uh, shout Memphis out to Central big- Barbecue. Shout out to Zach Rudolph, who caught a pass for Clemson on Saturday night. (laughs) Shout out to the pilot where I saw a girl who was probably nine years old carrying a handgun. Yeah, shout out to Memphis. Um, It's a true story. I'll share it with you someday when it's less traumatic to me. Okay. Uh, Yeah, grandma carrying my gun. Things you would only see in the greater Memphis metropolitan area. Uh, Memphis finally... You know the last time Memphis beat UCF was? The last time? Like 
probably been like five years, six years. Mm, mm, that's that's not close. Okay, thanks. Uh, at all? Yeah, no. Just wait, let's, let's. Shit, Ryan. Yeah, let's let's just go ahead. say it then. I don't know. You idiot. Um, how dare you not know this? <laughs> the last time Memphis Ryan, you were fired as Memphis's SID. Yeah, that's it. you've lost. I didn't it. know. I didn't know I was on Split Zone Duo now. Shit. <laughs> Yeah, you probably got confused because we were talking about college football. The betrayer does not know his American Athletic Conference history. On September 22nd, 1990, Memphis beat Central wow. Florida 37-28. 1990, they didn't play again until 2005. And when they did play, it's a continuous string of Central Florida beatdowns of Memphis, which I cannot think of a more Memphisian thing than goddamn them Orlandoids. Memphisian, please. Memphisian. Let's have were the illusion. Were they still Memphis State at that point, or had they made the 05, they had 05, they had gone ahead and I think fully changed. In yeah. 1990, they're Memphis State. Memphis yeah. State Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. In 2005, they are the Memphis Tigers, but uh, the results are straight what, L's every year like from 2005 to 2018. Okay. And, so and this night, is a big, this is a big can, deal. You can, by the way, get Memphis State era Tigers t-shirts from Home Field Apparel because I have two. So, so 1990 you said was the last one? That is the last time. Then they don't play for 15 years. And then when they are both in Conference USA from 2005 all the way up to 2019, straight losses. I like how that and, made you and hit this the o. Also, they made up for some missing time here because this also includes two AAC title games. So, Memphis was getting itself a double dose of losing to UCF. There was there's a lot. There's a lot being taken out in this 50 to 49 victory by the Tigers. Also, 1990 UCF. It's only the 12th year the program even exists, and it's their first year jumping not from FCS to FBS, Mm-mm, but no. but from Division Two to FCS. Yeah, and yeah, it's been. If you want to know about two teams who have been on journeys, roads, Spencer travels. was twenty four when this game happened. That's not possible. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> it's not that far off. It's really not. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. I'm gonna go cry now. You stabbed me you first, you ass. Cried since you killed I did. I'm ready to... <laughs> How dare you stab an old man? Stab, stab, stab. <laughs> I'm just looking vulnerable. Ryan, you're really learning from Nashville, and I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> but shouts out, to, shouts out to Memphis for finally vanquishing a foe that they had taken years, like de- over a decade, to finally win and beat them by. Uh, the points don't matter. 50 49. The margin of victory is irrelevant. They managed to... Anytime that you manage to defeat UCF, frankly, you're doing a service for civilization. So, thank you, Memphis. This is... Okay. Maybe this is my own Google... Uh, Google results going crazy. But the first news result I get when I put in UCF football is from the New York Post. And it says, UCF kicker has altercation with teammate after missing game winner. Oh, yeah, that was on TV. Wow. Yeah, like the kicker missed the game winner. Yeah, the cameras caught that, actually. Yeah, and when he missed it... He all... punched the injury tent several times. Yeah. yeah, take that injury tent, the tent with which... which... Yeah, I, I love a good visual metaphor, but... I'm gonna mess up the injury tent. 
It's called the injury tent because I'm supposed to injure it. I will bad. defeat death. I will defeat <laughs> death by destroying this injury tent. But from what we saw on the cameras, I would characterize this as mm, scuffle. Sure. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a full on brawl. It, it wasn't a fracas. I don't think. Yeah, nobody. I don't think anybody threw a punch. It was just you know an altercation, things getting heated. Nobody threw a punch because from what we saw on television. There were teammates at the ready holding both parties back with a quickness. So I don't know what happened before the cameras caught it. but Yeah, the last thing I would like to mention, because we've talked about Zach Wilson being the swaggiest white boy on the planet for BYU and them being real good. Um, they did play Houston, and Houston did something I have never seen before. Like, that's, that's rare. It's rare that, you know, because as Ryan pointed out, I've been watching football for 70 years, <laughs> and I've seen a lot of things. But just like Larry King, <laughs> just, like, just me and Larry King chilling, watching 1966 Michigan State going, hey, Larry Bear, this is incredible. Yes, it is. Have you met my ninth wife? Do you know anyone who's ever been murdered? <laughs> I got murdered once. <clears throat> Jerry Lewis is coming over. <laughs> what the, are those connected? Just remember that Larry King, when asked to tell an inspirational story about his life, told the story about the time he bet the last $10 he had at the track, hit like a crazy trifecta, and managed to pay his alimony for the next year off that. Jesus. Well, it, yeah, was in one of those, it was in one of those parade magazine things. Like, talk about a time you know, that was like a really <laughs> crucial moment in your life. And this parade magazine had 15 softball stories from celebrities that were probably written by their PR people who, that were about like when I got my cancer diagnosis and I overcame that or when I, you know, was stranded out in the woods and I figured it out or when I had to be there for my mother and I really showed up, you know, like all of these very standard tales of personal growth and endurance. And then I remember reading, it was like Larry King. And even as a kid, I thought, well, my, my eyebrows popped up because I knew Larry King was insane because he was on TV every night. You have to be insane to be on TV every night. So I read it, and Larry King is talking about it. He goes, so here's the most important moment in my life. It's my, thir my third marriage has just <laughs> fallen apart. I've just lost my job at WFAN or whatever horrible radio station he was working for in New York. You know, I've been kicked out of my apartment. I'm staying in some dive up in Queens and me, I got like $20 left. So I did what any man would. I took it to the track and I'm reading it. I'm like, Larry King took it to the track. It worked. Yeah, I took it? it to the track. Yeah. Yeah. That's a solutions oriented thinker. And Memphis I remember, football. <laughs> I remember in the story, Larry gave great detail about the exact bet that he put down at the track that indicated that Larry had spent far too much time at the track and was far too, you know, when somebody like lays down real knowledge about horse racing, you make assumption about their life. Like, Oh, you have a gambling problem, a serious debilitating gambling problem. But Larry laid out all the details of the bet and he goes, and I hit on that and I hit on the four at Santa Anita and I made uh, enough money to pay off my rent for a year and my alimony for a year. And that was the most, and I have a nice steak dinner at Morton's. That was the most important night of my life. And I'm like, <laughs> Larry King, you are a wild boy. No man is wilder than you. So he's describing this night at the track, like that thing where if you ask LeBron, like, you know, in the, in the 11th minute of the first quarter, this guy took a step one way and he explains for like five minutes, you know, yeah. like exactly. And L Larry King, like, 
60 years later, photographic memory of, <laughs> of that special he, night. Of the time he went to the track and, had, and found himself a place to live and also a way to not get arrested for failure to pay child support for a whole year. That was the most important moment in Larry King's life is when he hit a huge bed at the track <laughs> and got to go home by himself to his flophouse apartment like, ah, life's good. <laughs> Awe-inspiring masculinity, Larry King. Well done. Clean living is its own reward. (laughs) Dude, I think dude got divorced going into his 80s. That's ambition. God damn, Larry. How many are we up to now? How many is it? He's he's, he's had eight wives, I believe. God damn. (laughs) It's it's positively biblical. What is the record for a divorce? Eight. I'm just going eight. (laughs) Like, like, I, like, like, you could have like, you know, many, many spouses, but having many divorces is the—that's <laughs> the thing. Oh, Larry King just loves getting divorced. Um, the, I have an answer to this. Glenn Wolf, also known as Scotty Wolf, was a Baptist minister in California who held the record what? for, for the well, he died. Uh, oh. Who held the record for the largest number of monogamous marriages with twenty-nine. Mm. So that's twenty, at least twenty-eight divorces, then. Well, uh, yeah, three of his mar- three of his marriages were to women he had previously divorced, as well. So now, ha- are are any of those like out of order? Because like Larry has one, Aileen Akins, where they it's a, a marriage. Oh yes, he did it. So he Aileen Akins married sixty-one, divorced sixty-three. Then there's another 63 to 67 immediately back with Aileen 67 divorce in 72 yep so I also I, I, lo- I, I love when it's like when the co- it's like uh yeah it's hey it's like fucking Mac Brown right the na- what two stints at the same school <laughs> right no, out just, of context making an- yeah Larry King married Mac Brown so what <laughs> he's a very tender lover I, I I just like the 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 multiple stints with the same guy bracketing. <laughs> mm-hmm. An entire other marriage. Yep. <laughs> it's not like they split and got back together, right? There was an entire other marriage in the middle. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And so, and so many trips to the track. Those were the Charlene years. <laughs> There's a Sharon on here. There's a Frida and Annette, Aileen, Mickey, Sharon, Julie, and Sean. Oh, this is my I favorite DMX song. <laughs> mm-hmm. I married DMX in 1998. <laughs> I think Lou Bega's a coward. <laughs> I love Earl. Always will. They have three beautiful children. Their names are... <laughs> and, 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 and. 